as a small business owner, if we're being honest with ourselves too, um, we have to understand and, and review the competition, right? So mm -hmm. it's not like you are competing against that next small business. It's almost like you're trying to sustain along with that small business as well. Okay. So let's say small business for the candles. It's a, it's right now, it's beginning to be an oversaturated market. Everybody's trying to. Welcome to the Audacious Founder Podcast. This is a podcast for entrepreneurial women. It's going to help you build confidence, obliterate mental blocks, gain knowledge, and harness the audacity to start your business, grow your business, or just start living your life with a whole lot more fucking audacity than you have been. My name's Melissa Manning. I've founded and co-founded more than 13 businesses in 10 years, and I've got more than 45,000 hours of business operating experience that I want to share with you. And I am here to A, learn more because we're never effing done, and B, get you to a new level, a new audacious level. So let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Thank you for being here. My name is Melissa Manning. I am the creator of The Audacious Founder, and I am the host of The Audacious Founder podcast. Today, I am joined with Tracy Welsh, who is the founder of Litwick's Candle. She has a shop in Miramar, Florida, and she also sells all of her products online. Her brand focuses on the emotional benefits of using essential oils while combining eco-friendly materials. Her candles contain 100% pure essential oils and soy non-GMO based wax. Her body products are manufactured using only natural products. So if you are a health conscious person or you want to use candles as aromatherapy, then Litwick's candles are the way to go. She also offers organic soaps, natural lip balms, body butters, body milk, incense, and more. I even saw some wine on the website. So <laughs> Tracy, thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you Hi. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. You're so welcome. This opportunity to finally do this talk about Litwick's candle. Yes. Community. So thank you. You're very welcome. I actually had met you and mentioned this to you. I feel like it was, I want to say like six months ago when I Love saw it. you. Yeah. At the uh, Women Chambers, Women's Chamber of Commerce meeting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I think yeah. I had seen you before that somewhere i believe um it i i first met you at a boss babes event no um, i've never been to a boss babes event oh really? have i, have I? <laughs> I don't know maybe you did maybe we did meet in passing i mean i i do um a lot of events within the city you know what I mean? And um, the county as well. So maybe it was something that I attended and I had met you there before. I know I had been following you prior to meeting you. Okay. So it could have been a, <laughs> at another event. So I definitely okay. followed the format, love what you're doing for everyone. So I really enjoyed Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, about time we got you on here. I know. Thank you. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, and actually Tracy was super generous and donated a beautiful basket to the last event that we hosted. Um, it was called Financially Lit. Let's get financially lit. So the basket she donated had, I think, soap, uh, yeah. candles, um, lip balm, yeah. mm -hmm. had a bunch of stuff and it was yeah. so beautifully done. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, we do specialize also in making baskets. So that is one of our um, niches that we have. So we, don't, we just don't want to be just a candle store. We want to be well-rounded, you know, to be able to provide people with natural products, essential products, and give them the whole package as an experience as well. So that's that's what we're doing. So I want to learn more about you. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your background, like just who you are? Absolutely. So um, you already know my name. So my name is Tracy Welsh. Uh, my background, actually, I have a degree in uh, business and finance. Um, right now, and that's what I primarily do. I actually work full time. So I work for a international company. I've been working with them for 11 years. And the background on that actually is um, in procurement, pretty much. So just buying commodity based products um, to go into the international um, components, that's to say. So um, with that background, um, just to um, elaborate a little bit more on how the, the development of Litwicks, right? So th with the development of Litwicks, you know, amidst the COVID, you know, everything was going very well. You know, I too, like everyone else, would, would support large corporations um, with candles and or products. Mm -hmm. um, upon doing so, I realized there were a lot of adverse reactions to items that I love, items with high intense um, fragrances, items with high intense um, oils or oils that contained chemical. And these were not items that I wanted to um, incorporate into my daily regimen of beauty, right? Because we all have one. We want to make sure that we have our right lotions, we have our right soaps, you know, so on and so forth. So within doing so, I my target was to find a product that actually would be just natural, something that could, you know, easily be absorbed in the skin, but just reduce all of the other um, uh, chemical bases that gave us the irritants. Right. So candles was a start. It was my hobby, probably more like an obsession. I would buy candles almost every day, every other day um, from large organizations. And when COVID began, um, I just couldn't get to the stores just like everyone else. And mm -hmm. with that, I was like, man, I have to figure out how am I going to do this? Amazon was still shipping and I had to figure out, you know, what can I do to get this product? And I was like, I'm going to make this. You know, I'm going to make the product. So um, it was an obsession that became a hobby that now has become a business. Okay. That's pretty much how it is. As you were speaking, I was curious, like, what kind of chemicals are normally in candles? Well, in, in candles, bad, what bad chemicals. But, well, the bad chemicals, they use a lot of paraffins. Um, oh. Paraffins cause um, irritation in your eyes and your nose. Oh. Um, it also can cause irritation in your skin as well. Um, there's a lot of... There's, there's an alcohol base that's there as well. Carcinogens also are an um, adverse reaction to you. You try to want to, you want to remove these harsh ingredients from using it with soy. Obviously they're binders, right? So when you do create candles, there are binders that keep it together, binders that allow the scent to mask even further um, to give you more of an illumination, in my opinion, because I know there are, other, there are a lot of other candle companies out there and they'll go use a high percentage of fragrance in order to give that, throw that extra throw but sometime in doing so it requires you to use a chemical base or mixed uh, candle a wax blend so you won't just use soy you'll use a soy and a paraffin mix you know you'll use a coconut um, and a paraffin mix or you know there are a lot of other variations to soy uh, to candle um, melt or wax itself right so you want to make sure that you find the one that's more uh, eco-friendly uh, soluble, sustainable, you know, that could be 
and also can be enjoyable. Let me just say that because a lot of people say, oh, it's 100. Are you sure it's 100% soy? Yeah, it's just the soy wax. You know, I can show you the package. It's just wax and the fragrance and that's it. And the fragrance is just the 100% essence oil, mm-hmm. removing all the other additives that could be harmful to you. Do you think that the fact that they're using all of these bad chemicals, it's to keep the cost low? Um, I Well, it, I don't know if it would keep the cost low per se. I just think obviously anything that you do and you do in, in bulk mm-hmm. or in high volume, you're going to be able to keep the cost low. When it comes down to small businesses, we're not doing such volume. So mm-hmm. therefore, you know, our, our cost, we'll, we will consider our, our worth. However, you know, we have to, the costs are a little bit higher because it's a homemade product. It's a hand poured product. It's a homemade product. So, you know, you want to get your value for what you put into it as well. So um, the advantages for using a larger based company or commercial like brand is because they can actually, they have the format, you know what I mean? To go ahead and play with these, the ingredients or heighten the ingredients such. I have found that in doing so, and even stretching, and I have tried myself, I've, I've been approached by manufacturers and things like that to, to expand. Mm-hmm. And I've found that it loses um, the, the, the naturalization of the product. It loses just the product being original or natural or safe. To me, for the consumer, you know, I, I just feel like you want, to, you want to give them a natural product. You want to give them the best product available, you know, on the market you know, to you, to you, because obviously everybody has their own niche. Everyone has their own um, um, basis for why they use things or, you know, where they're going. Uh, a lot of people ask me, so how come you don't add, um, you know, like uh, fancy color? Well, I add color. I do colors. I do use dye, but I try to find dyes that are natural, you yeah. know, not dyes that are really high in um, uh, what is called considered like a color tonic. It's like a thick base uh, dye almost as if you're using like a tie dye and it's really thick and it sticks to your skin kind of. So, mm-hmm. um, I try to, yeah, it, which it does, you know, just like if you were to dye your hair, you'd get it, you know, if you don't use gloves, it gets on your right, skin. Right. Not that kind of dye, but I'm just, <laughs> just using that. But, um, when you use a dye, you want to try to use the, the leanest or the cleanest dye that you can actually use, which is more reduced in coloring. So exactly. it's almost like a flat yeah. yeah, I'm like literally thinking of like blueberries. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or cranberries or something. Cranberries, yes. yeah. Even strawberries, how, strawberries how yeah. the, you know, exactly. Even strawberries. Yeah, and, and like I imagine that, I mean, if I get it on my clothes, it's going to stain probably. Mm-hmm. And so like the color is pretty rich, but if you're mixing it with other things, I feel like it would dilute it very easily. Like it would become very thin as soon as you start mixing it with somebody. It something. will become, it will become thin, but it also depends on the, the amount that you're using, you know, your poor yeah. amount. Obviously if you, if you want a candle and let's say it's bluebird and you want it to be like, I want bright it blue. A bright blue. Exactly. Yeah. Bright blue. That's what you're going to get. And the more uh, product or the more dye that you use, you're going to yeah. achieve those results. So, yeah. And so I'm just thinking too, like, because your ingredients, it's so few ingredients because you're trying to keep it as natural as you possibly can. And so you're using these essential oils, but these other companies, these bigger companies probably are not using essential oils. You use the word fragrance and they're probably, mm-hmm. yeah, it's Correct. just coming from some kind of mixture of For chemicals. Industry, that, yeah. yeah. Um, I did scout out, honestly, uh, in starting, I was, I was like, oh, I should just get fragrance oils. You know what I mean? Before yeah. transitioning over to essence oils. So I was like, oh, let's just get the fragrance oils. They're fine. And then I was like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? When you use the fragrance oils, you know, those are fragrance oils that you would buy on fragrance.net or fragranceoil.net, you know, just major, just major companies that you would just, that are just chemical based, right? 
Right. And when you use those, um, they're they're not categorized as essential. They're not categorized as a natural product. It, it is exactly what you're getting, a fragrance oil, just like if you were to walk into Macy's or um, Nordstrom's, you know what I mean? And you were to buy your Victoria's Secret uh, fragrance oils and you, you smell that potency. You know I'm, I mean? kind of, I'm going on a tangent here. So we'll br I'll bring it back, I promise. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I never have really thought that much about what's in perfumes. And so- I'm and I'm sure that you know the answer. If I'm getting a perfume that has notes of like floral, flower, mm -hmm. right? Um, are is that actually coming from flowers, or is there like a tiny bit of it that's coming from flowers? Yeah, it is a tiny bit of it coming from the. It's a floral okay. base, so right. you have to remember that it's a floral base. Okay. Um, the extractions are from the actual floral uh, ingredient, meaning the rose, right. the lilac. You know what I mean? Those they, it is extracted from that. It is an oil base extracted from it. How much they're using, I can't tell you. Right. You know what I mean, but yeah. And they then there's other things put in there that sort of emphasize or like exactly emphasize stronger. Exactly. Yeah. To give you it's like I don't know if you're familiar with Joe Malone. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you know Joe Malone. They are a natural. They're they're uh well colognes perfumes. They're unisex. Um, oh. are geared towards a natural base an mm -hmm. essence natural base so when you're getting them you're actually getting the the raw ingredient so if you buy their their um their what's one of their basil they have one that's like a basil and cedar or basil so you're actually getting they they actually soak their basil they actually use in, uh, natural ingredients inside of there that's inside. great cool yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty neat hmm. considering i love joe malone it's pretty neat I have, I, I don't have any of theirs. Yeah. I'm not a big, I'm just like, what is this one good? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have too much time to do it. That. And sometimes like people will ask me, what, what is that perfume? What is, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, the bottle looks like this. <laughs> Somebody told me one day, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so what are some obstacles that you have come across with? I mean, you opened in the pandemic, right? So what are some obstacles or even what are some great things that have like allowed you maybe an easier time opening your business, both sides? Well, I, okay. So I did open during the pandemic and yeah. I struggled actually during the pandemic okay. to decide like, should I have the customers come to my home versus, um, you know, just struggled with getting materials versus product. You know, this was something that um, I could not or did not receive enough support on, right? I didn't know it was a lot of research that was involved to understand during the pandemic. Should I even keep going? You know, should I even allow this uh, this Litwicks, you know I mean? Which originally started off just the backstory of it as a company. It's called Make Sense. So my S-C-E-N-T-S. So my actual companies incorporated as Make Sense. So that's um, okay. one word. And then it, the DBA is Litwick's Candle because originally I was like, you know what? I'm just want to make a clean product line. You know, I just want to make scents that are clean for your home. Um, you know, just durable, um, you know, again, economical products for people's homes. So I was like, it just makes sense that I'm going to do that. So yeah. it just makes sense, right? Yeah. And then um, as I was um, scouting them out to my friends to test and, you know, just giving them away as samples and things like that, everybody was like, yo, these are lit. Your candles are lit. <laughs> Like, why are they lit? You know, you know I'm like, oh, they lit. And I was like, lit wicks. That's cool. And then I ended up, yeah, we call, you know, DBA and it is lit wicks. So that's a little backstory on that. So that's how lit wicks. They're work. both good names. I, 
So people say, like, oh, so I, uh, you know, during the pandemic, I really thought like, man, I don't know if, you know, if there will be any more litwicks. Really, I was just like, you know, what's the strategy and how do I change it or change the products to keep people's attention? So in doing so, I just quickly turned my frown, what I would consider my frown upside down and decided, hey, let's turn this into a positive mindset. Let's see how we can make people happy, invoke memories and, um, you know, just allow the scent, you know, to be the star of the product right? Because originally the company did start as just a candle company. It did not start as a body butter. It did not start with body milks and incense and things like that. It grew into that um, as the needs grew. You know, as people started to ask me for certain things, I started to look into them and say, hey, you know, that would be a great offering, you know, for our setting or our goal or our motto. So with that being said, I decided that's when I ventured into bringing on additional natural products to our product line. Okay. How long did it take you from the moment? Because when you first created Litwix, you were, or make sense, you were making it for yourself, right? And so like how much time passed between when you were just making it for yourself and that moment where you were like, Oh, I could sell this. And then you started like thinking of that business where you were like, I just want to make safe products for people in their home. Um, It was about six to eight months after. Um, Again, like I said, I was giving them out to oh, okay. family. Um, okay. and those were like tested models. I was just doing things with a close knit, uh, group of friends to say, Hey, what do you guys think? Do you think that this could be something? And, um, as I began to develop it more, then I realized, Hey, this is actually, you know, this is actually a good, a good thing. Um, at the time, meaning in 2020, 2021, there weren't a lot of small business candle companies on the rise. They were very small. There were some on YouTube, you know, here and there. You really didn't hear about them. And and also during, right after the pandemic phase one, I call it, um, all of a sudden the pop-ups started to be like go on a rampage, right? Yeah. So, right, everybody was eager to get out the home. Everybody wanted to do these pop-ups, you know, and just, you know, come out and meet me. I'm a small business. Let's, you know, anything to get out really. So um, that's when I started to learn like, hey, there's a market out here for this. Yeah. You know, there's, there's people who really want these products. There's people who really want like scented candles. There's people who are interested in, you know, using natural products. You know, let's, let me tap into that and see what it can develop and be. So it was about six to eight months really. And then um, it started to really grow and do very well um, within the community, even outside of the community and, and become a household thing. Um, and then from there, we just kept going. <laughs> when did you open your physical shop? I opened my physical shop in July of 2021. Yeah, in 2021. Right. Well, actually, it was May of 2021, but um, I had my grand opening in July of 2021. I have to keep remembering the dates. So I opened it in May. um, And then July, I just did a grand opening, July 24th of 2021. Okay. And where do you sell more? In the shop or online? You know what? I used... Honestly, man, I used to sell more online before I had the shop. And then when opening the shop, I was thinking that because online, everybody would ask me so many questions like, does it really smell? What does it really smell like? You know, can you come and smell it? Can you send me a sample? I was giving away samples like, like unbelievable. (laughs) Just so people could be able to, to smell the product only to understand that the trend in purchasing product is not immediate for candles, right? So let's be honest, you buy a candle, 
some people are candle hoarders, which means they'll hold their candles for months. You know what I mean? Especially yeah, some people don't like to burn them, right? They're like, they, they just like the fragrance to, yeah. to, to be held in their home forever or wait for a special moment or a holiday, right? right. So when you really think about it, the turnaround time for, for your customer to come back, and that's probably another struggle that I had during COVID is, is mm. at least three to five months, right? Because wow, when you yeah. think about it, it, it really is. And I mean, any candle um, um, maker or candle, you know, pour or anybody who owns a candle company can attest to it, that it's not something that that is a re reoccurring, right? So you actually have to offer another product in order to sustain because you know you're going to see that customer, but you may not see that customer again for another three months, especially if they stack up or maybe another five. So, so is that something that you didn't think about in the beginning? Yes, I didn't. Right. Cause like how I didn't not something that would occur. Like, oh, everybody's going to love candles. Everybody's going to come in here and pick them up. It's going to be fantastic. You know, they're going to come back and get every time I launch a new scent, they're going to come back and get it. And that was not the case. Right. Not and so case. then you had to create a new solution to get them back correct. in back shopping. That is correct. Yeah. yeah. Which is uh, additional product offerings yeah. you know, as well as your rotation of your, um, of your fragrances, your candle fragrances. But then to a certain degree, you have to make sure that you're maintaining a lot of the same fragrances, right? Because when people want replacements. Yeah, you have them. So we do, we do maintain um, a low um, inventory of the products that remain year round. Gotcha. However, we changed our strategy last year, um, the end of last year to now create our sense of base based on the seasons, right? Because a lot of people come in and, and just, uh, they prefer that seasonal candle. There are some year-round ones that you keep. Um, your your normal um, citrus basils or your normal eucalyptus and mints and eucalyptus that people always desire. Oh, right? I love eucalyptus. I think that's my favorite scent. <laughs> then, then there are some summer scents like your watermelon, your uh -huh. blackberry, your cranberries that you know that um, people mm -hmm. expect during the summer. You know your passion fruit guavas. Those are summer scents. Mm -hmm. um, and then you go in, when, now that we're going into our fall. Um, ironically, you know, we're going into our pumpkin chives, you know, our apple cinnamons, you know, we're trying yeah. to bring in and bring the scents in with our, with our seasons as well. Great. Who makes your candles? Are you making them? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a lot. So I make my candles. So, whew, so yes. So I make my candles in the evening, a lot of nights not slept. Um, but the thing is, is that I've learned that when making the candles, um, I do them in bulk. So you buy the vessels a dozen each but no matter what you're doing they're selling the vessels by a dozen the vessels would be the glass canisters the tins mm -hmm. um whatever boutique you're using to 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 store or to store your candle in right yeah. so um, with those when i'm normally going to make a set i'll choose a couple of fragrances in the evening and i'll pour all of those at one time mm -hmm. so this way i don't have to go back and i always have it managed because normally what we'll do is we'll pour them then they have to sit we let them sit for at least 48 to 72 hours, and then we'll start our burn testing. Our burn testing is for us to see, hey, how does it throw? How does the wick burn? You know, to make sure that when it goes into our customer's home, it's going to burn the same way that it's supposed to. Right. You know, it's not going to flame, you know, the 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 wick is going to be, the flame on the wick is going to be low, the smoke is going to be reduced, and then the fragrance is going to mask or throw longer. Yeah, and these are all things that nobody really thinks about when they have a candle in their house, right? They're exactly. All the science kind of behind. But it's true because like you also have to know, okay, well, this candle is an eight-hour candle. This candle yeah. is like a whatever candle. And so you have to be able to sort of, yeah, determine that. So that's interesting.
Yeah, so a lot of people um ask me. It's funny because a lot of people when I when I am making the candles at home and stuff like that when I burn them I like I try to get especially like a for nine ounce I try to get at least fifty two hours of burn time. There's a lot of people fifty two to fifty five. Let me say correction. There's That's a lot of people who burn their their candles all night. Like some people just want it to just burn. They don't yeah. they don't blow them out. They just burn them. I don't suggest that. I suggest that you burn your candles for four hours and you let it rest. Yeah. Let, give it the time to kind of um you know it develops its own memory. So give us a time to develop its own memory and then restart again and burn again. You know what I mean? Some people have told me that um, it'll start off, the burn will start off and it, it's, you know, to them, it's almost like an illumination effect. They'll get one smell. Then when they burn it again, the next day, they're like, oh my gosh, it got even better. But that's just from it resting. Because the longer you hold onto a candle and not burn it, the more to me that the the effervescence in the candle actually kind of so gets solid Okay. You know, in the candle, a lot of people say, oh, do, do candles expire? Yeah, they do. Candles do expire. You can have yeah. them for a year or two years um, and without burning them, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And then, but you can't expect the scent to be just like when you first bought it. Yeah, I never thought about that before, but that makes complete sense. Like the longer something sits there, the more the smell is just going to sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Okay. So, it's, you know, it's like with everything, everything has an expiration. Right. Um, you do that but yes back to your question I do make the candles at home I do them in the evening so I did think um to um source them out outsource them I was like man I was going to source outsource them and I was like it's just too much I can't manage it between my job you know running the shop and then coming home and doing that it was like no sleep at all but my my sister was like no because if you do that then it just takes out you know the 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 homemade touch of it like she feels like it just becomes commercial you know, at that point. And I don't know, it's different. I would love to hear people's, you know, intake on that. I know people at home pouring and it's, you know, it's therapeutic. Right. It's, you know, you come home, you pour, it just helps you to relieve from your day and things like that. But well, know. I think it depends on the person, right? Like for me, that would feel like another job, right? Yeah. I would feel just like more things that I have to do. And, um, but for, like you said, for some people, it could be therapeutic. Uh, and then I also, but I think that having that, belief and you tell me how this hits you having that belief that like if i um delegate that role or that responsibility to someone else in terms of like a manufacturer that it's taking away that homemade touch i mean yes like linguistically and, yeah. and literally maybe yes it is but is it going to basically reduce your product or reduce your brand I don't know. And also having that belief as something that is uh, kind of concrete in your mind, I think could potentially reduce your ability to expand your business, right? Because at some point that might be something that you need. Oh, yeah. 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 And so if you have That's this insight, I never really thought yeah. of it like that. It's excellent insight. I mean, I guess um, although we're always shooting for higher reward, right? We're always shooting to grow. We're always yeah. shooting to want more out of the company. Um, as a small business owner, sometimes we limit ourselves because of that same fear of expansion, right? Or fear of being able to provide the same quality products um, that you're currently doing, right? So when you think about it, if you have, if I have to go to like a larger industrial um, mm -hmm. production, right? right. Um, I have to say to myself, will I lose that na the natural natural product base of the line? Right. Will they be able to be uh, support the vision, meaning support saying, hey, we want to stick to a natural only product. 
um, or will they push us to say, hey, you have to have a more engineered uh, product in order to mass produce them? Yeah. And then it makes other questions, at least for me, that it's like, well, okay, well, if that's going to compromise basically the integrity of my brand, right, and the values yeah. of my brand, then what are other solutions? Could I create basically my own little factory Yeah, with maybe five people that I hire? Would I be able to sustain those expenses and still have a profitable business and still be able to maintain that image and that, um, I guess, just feeling of homemade? Homemade. Right. It's, it's, it's definitely something that has been on our minds. Mm -hmm. It's something that we visit on a topic almost monthly when we have our meetings. We do visit it often to say, hey, you know, what's our next move? How are we growing this? You know, if we're out here speaking to retailers about putting our small business product on their shelves, you know, how are we going to be able to yeah. sustain Cause what if they order like, I don't know, 200 pieces, a thousand pieces. Exactly. Yeah. So um, we have um, been thinking about that and looking for directional input, you know, just, you know, from our mentors and things like that to see, you know, where, where do we go? What do we do? Mm -hmm. You know, and is this something that we are equipped for now? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so we're not ruling it out. Don't get me wrong. Um, as a small business owner, do I admit that there's a level of fear there? Yeah. You know, because, you know, you're you're so comfortable in, in what you do, your day to day, or let's say you're so comfortable in your your full time role, you know, that you all well, you have control over it. Right. Mm -hmm. If you are making the candles, you have 100 percent control. You know right. what your customer is getting. You are also testing it. So Correct. you're manufacturing, you're right. testing it. Yeah. Right. And, and a lot of times you're the one who's literally handing it over. Exactly. Right. So if you are I mean, delegation is ultimately you're giving up a bit of control yeah way. and that is scary it is it yeah. is yeah for anyone to say that it's not would be i would have to question that but it definitely would be scary. <laughs> yeah, definitely. yeah. <laughs> it definitely would be scary but yeah so i don't know i i think i'm prepared um i am prepared to make that step or to make that decision however i just have not been able to formulate it in my mind to see how what it would look like you know, when you've been doing things for two years on your own, you kind of say, hmm, you know what I mean? Would it really work? You know, what am I giving up? Am I just, can't, you know, giving everything over to them? Will they see my vision? You know, yeah. things like that. And that's something that we really need to continue to touch on a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. But those are all great questions. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think too, yeah, I think a lot of people are scared of, see this, this reminds me of like, um, there's a quote by Marion Williamson that people are not as scared of failure and I'm butchering this, but they're, it's not that they're scared of failure. It's that they're scared of success of like wild success. Right. But, true. but it's like, this is making me think of, this is a reason why a lot of small businesses might not expand, might not, you know, really push towards their potential because there's so many unknowns. There's so many questions that just by asking those questions, it's scary. Right. And so the question itself is so scary that you don't even get past it to start formulating solutions. Correct. And so then you don't take action because you don't even know what you're taking action on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and if we're as a small business owner, if we're being honest with ourselves, too, um, we have to understand and 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 review the competition. Right. So mm -hmm. it's not like you are competing against 
that next small business is almost like you're trying to sustain along with that small business as well. So let's say the, like I was mentioning to you earlier, the candle small business for the candles, it's a, it's right now, it's beginning to be an oversaturated market. Everybody's trying to open a small business. Everybody's trying to offer a product, trying to find that next loophole in their life, right? What could it be? How can I start? Um, and with that being said, sometimes you have to be able to set yourself apart from what everyone else is doing and, you know, and maybe stick to your ground grounding, um, you know, your roots, you yeah. know, and say, okay, well, let me stick to what worked, you know, while everyone else tries to compete with what is now. So, um, I was mentioning earlier, a lot of people have asked me, oh, how come you don't do the decorative candles? How come you don't do the one with strawberry shortcakes and all of that? And I said, well, if I do all of that, one, I don't have the capacity, but two, if I did all of that, then it would take away from the model of saying offering a natural product because you would have, I would have to use a chemical base inside of that. I would have to use, uh, I would have to no longer say my products are natural or hundred percent soy because yeah. now adding those additional ingredients to those, you know, the fancy cupcakes and Skittles and, you know, all that stuff on top to give you a fruit loop or whatever would mm -hmm. cause, <laughs> they have fruit loop candles, would cause you to use a mix soy wax right. yeah right um well yeah and that wouldn't align with your brand values at all right, right. yeah so that's just something that we think about i would like i was approached with um a, a manufacturer actually look in florida um to produce mass produce our products for us mm -hmm. um and we are visiting that option now to see yeah. if they would be able to produce it using our chemical, meaning my, you know, our, our actual, and if they can do that, then we'll definitely move forward with that. My dogs. What are you doing? I they're, see playing. Hey, they're playing tug of war. But they, they are cute. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I see them, but I'm trying not to look. That's why I keep looking behind you. Like, what are they doing? It never, ever fails. As soon as I get on zoom, they want to be behind me and under my chair. And mm -hmm. I have and so now they're just growling at each other, playing tug of war, and it's driving crazy because I feel like you see me looking down, but I'm looking behind you, like, oh, I see them. They're children. They're like children. <laughs> that is so funny. These are children. Do you have kids? I do. I have one son. He's actually 23 years old. He's going to be 24 October 23rd. Holy cow. Yes. You look like you're in your 20s. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He actually just launched his own business as well. So I'm very proud of oh him. Oh my God. What did he launch? He actually is going to be a notary signing agent and a fingerprint agent. So he launched his own. So, you know, of course I'm going to support him hundred um, percent with his business. That's, that can be a good business. Yes. I absolutely. used to, when I was in high school, I, when I was playing volleyball, my volleyball coach owned a notary company. And so he worked with a lot of the courts. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, so that yeah. and a lot of documentation. Yeah. Huh? Yes. And he was delivering a lot of the, um, I'm sure there's like terminology for Docu it, but yeah. a lot of the contracts or the, the documents from the court to the people, like he yeah. was delivering a lot of that. And so I think it was a really good business and he really didn't have to do a lot of work. Encourage your son with this. Like I am. I definitely am. Yeah. I'm telling him he's super excited about it. And I'm like, go for it. You know, you're young, you know, so do it now. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. put my dogs out of the room. So you know what? Can we <laughs> they're growling. Can you hear them? I hear them. Yeah. It's gonna sound like my stomach is rumbling <laughs> on the I hear them like <laughs> that is hilarious. 
<laughs> so do you think that your son has was inspired to start this business because he sees you running your own? Yes, I think he was. This is not um my first business. Um, oh. my, family, my family, we have owned family businesses. Um, okay. And my family actually has businesses now. Um, so we're pretty much well-versed in having a small business or a business of our own. My dad has actually owned a barbershop for 32 years in Miami. Oh. It's still there going probably a little longer, 30, maybe 34 years now. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> my sister has her own podcast, her husband, everybody had something going on. We've always owned companies as a family growing up. So I think him coming into this, he's already known that he wanted to yeah. do something, you know, cause we kind of set that mark for him. Mm-hmm. So he just decided now to venture into it. That's amazing. So how long do you think you're going to stay at your job? I don't know. You know, it's so weird. I don't even know. I love my job, which is super hard. Like, I love it. Um, So it's it's just, I'm torn. That's just my, that's all I can say is I'm torn. I know they know that they know that I do this. They know I'm really active um, with it. I'm really active in the community. Do you ever do like gift baskets? Like, I feel like your company could support your business. They do. By like, yeah. They support it. We do, um, during the holidays, they do um, baskets for um, um, bereaving families. I do things for Mm -hmm. them as well. Send out the gift baskets and stuff to them also. But I try not to mix. Yeah, yeah. Really, I do. You know, I don't want it to be any conflicts. Although it's not a conflict of interest, I don't want to mix it and make it a complex you right. know and I try not to force you know anything I'm doing on the outside on my per, per, you know permanent role gotcha yeah, and try. so how how is that though balancing because okay so you've got you said it's a full-time job yeah, it is. Right? so you've got this full-time and it's a career it sounds like it's not Correct. just yes. you know okay so you've got this full-time career you've got this side business but then also like you are multiple roles in this side business as you are sometimes in the shop you are basically doing mm-hmm. customer service because I talk to you on Instagram yes. a lot of times and you are the person who manufactures you are the person who's testing you are the person who's packaging and I imagine doing the shipping as well correct now don't get me wrong I have help I mean I have family members that come and they help me when it becomes overwhelming Um, my sister step in that she you know she'll help my son he does help as well um balancing and I I don't want to call it work life balance but balancing life itself can be a struggle however um you have to tap into the passion and the direction right so my whole thing is as I'm doing it there's always an end you know to that mean so you, I, I look at it and I say, okay, well, there's a result. At the end, I want it to be this result as, as well as giving everything because I want everything I'm doing to represent who I am, you know, and I don't want to be too exhausted for it to represent it, you know what I mean? Or uh, not mindful enough for it to represent it. So I try to make sure that I take a pause in between. So when I come, I have my hours at work. I do my full-time at work. When I come home from work, I have what, what I consider a rest period. The, the shop is closed on Monday and Tuesday my store, my retail store. So that's the time that I take in the evenings to go ahead and fulfill everything that I need to fulfill for the week. Okay. Then I would open my shop Monday through Saturday and Sunday's the day that I would do just for myself and anything, a catch up because we're closed on Sundays as well. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesdays, I would, I just call them the, my days or my catch up days. And then the rest of the week I'll grind for whatever Monday and Tuesday. You're also at your full-time job. Correct. Monday and Tuesday, I'm at my full-time job, but in the evenings, you know, I get off at, let's say like four, four 30. And then in the evenings I have that time to say, and I plan accordingly. 
Right. Planning is like the number one thing. You have to literally write down, you know, what you need to do. If it's not written down, it doesn't happen. Listen, notes, <laughs> calendar, whatever you need to mom. do. Mom. Right? Yes, mom, organize yourself. Uh -huh. You know, organize yourself so that you can be successful because without that, it's chaotic. Yeah. It's really chaotic. So yes, I do make sure that um, I do get that support and I do make sure that everyone is in sync. I'm an open book. I do communicate. I share my notes throughout the day. Like, Hey, I have this order. Hey, I have this, you know, can you help me with this? I'm not a last minute person. Like, Hey, I got this order. I need you Friday. No, we, we, we make sure I align with their schedules. I'm considerate of that and make sure that everyone can help me in the time needed the, a lot of time that I need them for as well. That's so nice that you have all that support. That's yeah. really, and, and from people, not only just like family members who care about you, but family members who understand the struggle or the journey exactly. of being an entrepreneur, right? That okay. is invaluable because I find constantly I'm talking to women who are, and, and for me too, this is my experience where a lot of the people around us just have no freaking clue what it's like to own your own business and the kind of responsibility and the kind of pressure that honestly we put on ourselves, yes, but like they just, they don't understand. And like a lot of people think that it's just sunshine and rainbows. Like, oh, you're in charge of your own thing. That's so nice. Like it must be just doing awesome. Well, a lot of times, no, it's not doing awesome. Well, it's not exactly. Yeah. A lot of times you just like ran into a huge obstacle and you're just like, okay, well I give up today. Today, yes. I like today, yes. I'm just going to cross it off and I, tomorrow I will try to find a solution. Um, so that's really nice that you have people around you that. And there's many of days like that. I mean, I had many failed days <laughs> upon entering the quest. You know what I'm saying? But I just didn't give up. Has there ever been a day you, you sort of mentioned one earlier on when you were like, uh-oh, well, people are not really coming back to buy stuff mm -hmm. because, you know, because it takes a while and you weren't really uh, clear about that in the beginning. So besides that, has there ever been a moment where you were just like, I can't do this. I can't be a mom. I can't like have a personal life. I can't work my full-time job and I cannot have this business at the same time and whatever else you have going on in your life. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, those days come far. Those I'm not even going to even say far and few between those days come often, you know what I mean? Um, but you have to remember that that's just, it, it's going to happen. You know yeah. what I'm saying? When you're up against the wall and you feel like um, you're at uh, your breaking point, then you have to really analyze everything. That's why I said, I'm really a journaler and I like to write things down, you know, I like to schedule things out. So you have to actually sometimes review the day before or review the day before that. And, and then, so it can remind you what you're doing everything for. Right. Right. Okay. Ooh. That, that leads me into in my, another question that I've written down here. What is your why? You mentioned it a little in the beginning again, that you really want to provide like really clean and safe products for people to use in their houses. But is there a deeper why? I think the why, well, yeah, there is a deeper why. The deeper why for me is to allow people to understand that you can actually use a non-chemical or a chemical free product on your body and it will work and provide the same results as a, a chemical-based product. A lot of people are so sold on the commercial products that they don't believe in a natural product for their body. Or they, you, yeah. there's so many natural, every, the, the word natural itself, you know, is so widely used right now that people are starting to retract what that actually means to themselves. You know, emotions, they're like, oh, it's natural. Yeah, right. Oh, it's natural. Everybody uses natural. Um, so just getting people to understand that you can use a natural based product and it would work in the same manner, give you the same effect, 
you know, as a chemical based product, if you just gave it a chance is, is my why. So I, I constantly throughout the, throughout the store, meeting new people, explain to them like, Hey, that's why I give out samples. Like, can I ask you to even go like further with that question? Like if your customers and your family members and your friends are using these products and they are safe and they are beneficial for them, mm-hmm. what is that giving to you? What are you getting out of that? It, it, it's a fulfillment to me. It's, you know, I get real, I'm, I'm like joyful inside. I'll give you an example. So I had a customer that, um, she came into the store. She brought her grandmother with her. Her grandmother was like maybe um, late 60s, 70s. And she had gotten, this is right um, second shot of COVID. She had gotten a shot, a COVID shot. And she had an allergic reaction to it. And she was using topical gels. Okay. And, you know, she got prescribed. She was using and nothing was working. So it was like a rash? Yeah, like a rash. Developed from where she had the shot, the injection, the site area. Okay. So she had gotten a rash in the site area and she was using topical gels and nothing was happening. So we sold, and I was, you know, telling her about the products, telling her that they're natural. It's probably better that you try a natural product because sometimes even though it's topical, it's still a chemical base. It's prescribed, right. you know, and sometimes counteracting with each other. Maybe her skin has sensitivity to it. So when explaining that to her, I told her we offer an aloe um, body butter. And I was like, I'm going to give you this aloe body butter. I want you to try it on her, try it on the area. You know what I mean? And come back and tell me what you think. Yeah. They called me, they tried it for like seven days, okay. but they called me just to let me know on like day two that not only did the rash stop, the itching stop with her skin, but they started to see the rash clear up. In seven days, the whole thing was gone. So the product worked as a natural product better than a chemical-based product. That was prescribed by a doctor. Exactly. Topical yeah. gel. Like, you know, yeah, you go, you get a topical cream to put on your skin. Yeah. But it just goes to show my point. I said that to say, it just goes to show that using a natural product or going via natural base there's nothing wrong with it it can actually work what were we doing before that's exactly where my mind is going you know all of these prescribed um everything pills were used what were we doing before also how did medication originate medication originated from all of these natural seriously my background um i mean my parents are are from the islands and my background is they always everything is solved with a t you know, or everything is solved with the natural root, you know? So when right. you think about it, um, they still keep that methodology today, mm-hmm. you know? They, and they're probably know, super healthy. If, even if they don't, even if they go to a doctor and get a prescription, they don't feel it. They say, I'm going to find a natural way yeah. to resolve this. And that's probably where it's so rooted in me to say, Hey, you know what? I got to find a natural way to, <laughs> you know what I mean? To, to, to solve people's problem. Cause that's fulfilling for me. Yeah. I I also think that that's empowering for people, right? To think that way, to think that, okay, yeah, maybe let me go to the doctor just to see, but ultimately I can resolve this issue on my own. I can take care of my own body, right? I can find the ingredients that my body needs to fix whatever this issue is. So I think I find that super empowering. Yeah, absolutely. For me, it definitely is. Um, And then to get those believers, I have people that come back <laughs> weekly, like constantly like, man, this is the bomb. Like I'm going to get three this time. You know what I mean? They just come back and, and they get the product understanding that this actually works. I also like to teach people and give guidance on, you know, pro- what products they can use as far as detoxing. And it's not things that I'm not trying myself. Like I've done everything from chlorophyll to the lemon deodorant test to the deodorant test. I've done everything. Like I'll try it first before I tell you to try it. Yeah. You know, and I'll make sure it works and I'll say, Hey, it works for me. And I'm going to tell you to try it, give it a little try and let me know what your, you know, what your results are. Yeah. But definitely. Hmm. How does journaling help you? 
oh man, journaling is <laughs> oh, so fulfilling to me. It's like a, it's like channeling every inner thought that I have. Um, you know, you can have a best friend and you can talk to them about everything, but your journal is almost like your best, <laughs> your best friend, your confidant, your, you know, everything all in one, you know, it's almost like you can share your most, um, deepest, in- darkest, right. Yeah. Deepest, yeah. Deepest, darkest secrets. And in hopes that <laughs> no one ever finds it one day, but, um, you know, <laughs> and burn it. Yeah. And br- Every like seven years, you burn all your journal. (laughs) That should be a thing. No, really, that should be a thing. But um, for me, it has really allowed me to develop into who I am today and to understand, you know, what I, what, what my goals are, you know what I'm saying? And what I mean to others also, because sometimes, you know, you can hear and you can get affirmations from people daily. Like, I love your product. I love what you're doing. You know, I love your company and things like that. Um, but when you go, when you journal, you know, where you want to be, and then you get, you receive those results verbally and, or, you know, physically, however you receive them of your own, it kind of, um, helps solidify, you know, everything that you're writing or everything you're thinking, your inner thoughts, you know, or your own belief so that your achievements are, are, you know, you feel like you accomplished or you're, you accomplished those achievements. You're making those achievements that you want for yourself, not just for your company, but just for yourself as well. Right. It's like you're holding yourself accountable a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love journaling. I, I go through phases. Sometimes I'll journal every day consistently. And then other times, like right now, I'm, I'm just, I'm inconsistent with it, but it's always there. It's always on my side table this morning. I even like, usually I never refer back to things, but today oh, really? I referred back to it. Yeah. And actually, okay, fine. I'm going to, I'm going to say so this. Why do you, why, why not? I, I have to hear why don't you refer back? Part of it is, I guess, like maybe like shame, mm. maybe like shame of like, I don't want to see what I wrote when I was, oh. you know, really upset or I don't want to see, I don't want to like re-experience. I mean, I guess I'm just really thinking about the times when I'm writing negative things mm-hmm. or when I'm feeling really crappy and I'm writing, which to be honest, isn't the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It could also be that um, like a time thing, like I don't have time for that. I don't have time to like go back and look at all this. It's not important. You know, I, could be a bunch of different things but um I do think so this is a complete tangent and I might even just edit it out at the end of it but I don't know we're all over the place you might have a lot of editing in this one (laughs) (laughs) I think it's great by the way I love the conversation yeah um because a lot of the things we're talking about it's like sometimes too with business and entrepreneurship we try to put these boundaries on it but it's not like every other piece of our life is connected to our Absolutely. ability and a success in entrepreneurship. Like if I'm, if somebody just broke up with me and I'm depressed, that's going to affect how I communicate with my customers. Yes. You know, are you married? No, I'm not. Are you, you're a single mom? Yes. Yahoo! Yes, we're, we're in the same club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, right. So like, if you're, you know, if you're excited about the date you have tonight, you might interact with your customers differently. Right. 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 Like it it happy endorphin coming out. Exactly. So I think it's, you know, 
that's part of why I really want to keep my conversations really casual because you never know what you might say that somebody else needs to hear in that moment. It resonates with someone else. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think um, I heard you say that you don't like to look back because you don't, you don't like to read, read, you know, maybe those negative um, moments that you had, but in actuality, I'll look back at them sometimes and I'll tell myself like, man, I can't believe you were feeling like that. Like, I can't believe you actually said that. Like, really? You know what I mean? And then from that, I'll say what I don't want to do, you know, for the next time or maybe a corrective action for myself. And I think that's why I look back. Yeah. You know, to say like you were here or, you know, people often say, oh, I wrote when I was at my weakest. And then, but you never really write when you were at your, you know, your best height is your best. Yeah. You know, those are the days when you forget to write in your journal when you're at your best, when you actually should, you know. Hey guys, just a quick break to remind you about Audacious Founder Coaching. Whether it is your life, your business, your career, or your finances, Audacious Founder Coaching can help you get on the right track. We have to remind ourselves that oftentimes we do not know what we don't know. We can't see where we are holding ourselves back or telling ourselves these subconscious stories that really aren't true. They are just basically putting these invisible boundaries on us that prevent us from reaching our potential. So if you are getting frustrated or you are feeling stuck, if you feel like you or your business is not making as much money as you think it should be, now is the time to take that first step. So that first step is going to my website, audaciousfounder.com, filling out the form on my contact page, telling me a little bit about the situation that you've got going on and submitting that so that I can get back to you and we can schedule a time to meet and we can get you moving towards your potential. Honestly, just towards a more fulfilling life all the way around. I hope you're enjoying the show. Let's get right back to it. Yeah, those are amazing points and that is super powerful. Like, And I love the way that you are speaking to yourself in that moment. Like, oh my God, you know, look how, I like that you're sort of, stepping out of yourself and looking at yourself as maybe like a child or your friend or somebody that you care about. And you're like, you know, Oh, I'm I'm so sorry that you were feeling that way. And like, how can I help you to feel better next time or to not go through that again? Or, you know, like good for you for getting past that. Right. right? I love that. That's so nice. And I also, I've heard that a lot, like just in terms of meditation, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to kind of in your mind, step back out of yourself and watch yourself. Watch yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why you should go. Well, purpose of journaling, I guess that's why you should go back to see where you were at that moment. Mm-hmm. Cause how do you know if you grew from it? If you don't, exactly. that's your thought, you know, and how do you, know. how do you show gratitude for the positive changes? Correct. Don't remind Correct. yourself of where you were coming from. Correct. Yeah. 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 So I, 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 I do that a lot. You know, I just make sure and I do that a lot just for simplifying my life, I guess. Yeah. Very good points. Yeah. I might be inspired to <laughs> make <some> changes <laughs> in my journaling routine <laughs> going forward. Um, but, but so the tangent that I was going to go on, and since you're a single woman too, then we can potentially relate on this. So um, I, I've heard numerous times that you always have to like, I, I do vision boards, you know, I'm always writing about the things that I want 
and I'm always thinking about how I can manifest things. And I'm always trying to, um, what's it called? Like, there's a word that I can't find that means I'm trying to basically track my thoughts and see like, what am I, how am I speaking out loud and to myself that is affecting what I am manifesting? Police. I'm trying to police my thoughts, right? And so I've heard so many times that you have to, in terms of dating, you have to write down the exact person, every tiny little detail, yeah. that person you want yeah. to attract. You have to create a vision board of that person that, you know, like all of these things. So, and I've done this many times, but I never look back at it. And so I just met this person and so far it's not working out. So like, I'm not going to leave you guys hanging here. It doesn't seem to be working out, but life's not over yet. So we don't know. Um, but I met this guy like a week or two weeks ago. And just on Hinge, so I haven't actually met him in person, but for the first time, I want to say in years, maybe ever, I met this person. I was like, that's my husband. That's going to be my husband. Yeah. And I told like, the boxes. well, I didn't look yet. I hadn't looked yet. I just looked today. So I, but I told like maybe three of my friends, yep, that's it. That's who I've been looking for. Okay. I haven't met this person yet. Still yet. So, um, over the last week, like we're, we're, it's, I don't think it's working and he canceled, we were supposed to have a date. He canceled on me, seemed to have a legitimate reason. And so today, or actually yesterday I was talking to my friend Liz, who she's told me multiple times. She's like, no, you have to write down all the little details. You have to make space in your closet for this person. Yes. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure that you have two side tables because their side needs to be like prepared right and and so this morning I went back and I looked at the list that I had made just two weeks ago a week ago something before I had met him he checks off every single thing that I wrote I mean there's a couple things that I I don't know still like I haven't met him in person so I can't say that he is super kind and super generous I don't really know that yet um and there was one more Oh, I had written down, and this is kind of a random thing, and I don't fully remember why I wrote it down, but I wrote down, he has a sister who has children, mm. which is a random thing to That's write. Random thought, yeah. Yeah, and he has a sister. She doesn't have children yet, but she wants children. So that was one that was like sort of matched, but sort of didn't. I wrote down, he wears a suit to work. This oh, guy wow. wears a suit to work, which is also kind of random because so many people probably do not wear suits to work anymore. Right. Um, yeah and then there were a couple things all the things that he and I are like like not working on are things that I did not put on that list really which I find interesting so you're saying are things that you did not put on the list are they Mm -hmm. deal breakers could be so one of the things is that he doesn't ask me questions which is common with a lot of right interested people are interesting yes Right. Do you know what your um do you know what your love language is? Thoughtful gestures, which could be questions. Okay, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um that's my main one, thoughtful gestures. Okay. What's yours? Words of affirmation. Okay. Yeah. So I definitely, yeah. So hmm. that's right. I hadn't put that on there. So I just added that today that, you know, he's very curious and interested in learning everything about me, right? And then the other one is so oh, wait, 
very curious and interested in learning about you, but he's not asking any questions. No, no, no. That's what I wrote on my list because this guy is more interested in telling me about him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm dealing with (laughs) in this dating world. As much as we try to be there for them and I don't mind being a listener. Yeah. Um, you got to pause for a second and ask me something like, how was my day maybe? Or, you know, what do I have going on maybe? Or, it's not hard. What do I like? You know, what you eating tonight? Something, you know, you have to it ask. It is me. not hard. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, I feel like there's been a transition um, in the men these days. I feel like um, they've almost, the revolt, the roles actually to me have reversed a little bit. So the expectancy before Whereas the man would come to us with the, with the boatload of questions, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, we, the women I'm finding are the aggressors, right? So we're now we're, we're, we're asking all of their questions and now we're waiting for that, the old tale as they call it to mm-hmm. come through. And the guys are, are more reserved, like, eh, I'll just let her lead and, you know what I mean? And figure it out. And so we feel like we're not getting what we need. Yeah, you know, but are we not getting what we need because the roles have changed, or are we not? And getting so then what we, we need to change our expectations. You, that's I don't know. I'm struggling that's, with that. That's in the corner. But right. I'm just saying, Same. are we not getting what we need because of that? Yeah. I mean, I would love other women to chime in on it and let me know. I've been talking about it for quite some time now. No one has been able to give me a solid answer. But I'm like, I don't get it because I'm I'm the type of especially with my love language being word of affirmation. I'm the type of person where that. Um, I may not show my emotion, but I need you to know that I have them. Uh-huh. And I need to hear that you care. So if you give me that energy that you don't, but you, but you're get, but from the men's perspective, you're giving it to me because you think I'm already strong and I'm doing all these things. So I don't, I may not need it. It's kind of like a conflict, you know? So I, I struggle with that a little bit. Like, yeah, I am strong on the surface, but if you're my person, I expect you to see through that because I'm being more vulnerable with you. Exactly. I feel like men have a hard time seeing through things. Like, I feel like they see just exactly what, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and it is frustrating. So, and I've talked about, so there's this book that I really, really love and I've talked about it way too many times. (laughs) I tell everybody about it. It's, uh, it was written by a dominatrix and it's called, um, uh, power and, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to put it in the notes because I always forget what it's called um a woman's guide to power that's mm-hmm. what it's called. yeah so what she found she hosts workshops that teach women how to be more I guess more dominant in their lives like how because what happens with society is society has sort of trained women that women are only supposed to be submissive and that means being being soft and small and not outspoken, quiet, modest, all of these things, right? And so she, and what happens is women become more passive aggressive, more, um, they take things more personally, right? They don't know how to communicate as well because they're not allowed to say what they want, what they desire, what they need. That's dominant, right? So she teaches women how to basically communicate what you need. Mm. And and okay. so um, what that ends up doing is, and I think that that's what men need, right? Because that's where the frustration comes in when men can only see what you're telling them. Right. 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 But you're not telling them because you're waiting for them to see. Ask you. Through you. Yeah. You're waiting for them to know how you're feeling without yeah. them. So, and then both people are frustrated. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's really, I don't know though. I'm kind of like torn on the submissive part. I think that, um, that, that particular dynamic of being submissive has shifted. I think because especially being a single mom and, you know, you have to kind of work twice as hard for the things that you want. You have to be the, the and all be all for your family. Right. You already hold the position of being dominant. You right. You have to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So in my, um, in my perspective, meaning, and I can only speak on me, mm-hmm. I feel like that the softening is where I struggle. Not necessarily. Oh, absolutely. Being a, I, I, so I'm not found to be submissive. I'm not found to be that person. Nor am I. Okay. Right. Nor am I. But I, and and tell me if I'm wrong, but you want to be with a man who allows you to be that sometimes, not that you want to give up control and be like what we normally think of the definition of submissive, but you want to be able to be soft, to be sensitive, to let go of the rein and allow somebody else to take the lead for a moment. Absolutely. Yeah, so same. The problem is they won't take that lead. That's the problem. But yeah, because they see this, they see the strong business owner, and they assume that you can't be soft. Yeah, yeah, and that you don't need help. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, that's the sad I part relate. about it. Absolutely, the sad part about it. But I don't know. I don't what do you think is the solution for that? I don't know because I don't want to. Um, I don't want to double down on who I am. You know, because I feel like when, when you, I feel like when you have to change, um, your character or who you are inside, like, you know, it, I can be dominant and I can be submissive. Right. But if I have to adjust and I have to change who I am on the surface in order to accommodate how you see me, right. Or what you need me to be for you, then that's that's your problem. Yeah. That's not something that I'm willing to give up. You know, because if I, obviously, if I am spending time with you and giving you that time, you know what I mean? Then that's value alone. I don't want to waste that. I don't want it to be non-value add. I don't want to waste that. That's value right there. So you see that I'm making that effort to say, hey, you know, soft, hard, and different, whatever, but I'm still making that effort, you know what I mean? To, to allow you to be vulnerable and to allow myself to be vulnerable because now you're in my space. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that. I don't know. I don't know if it's going <laughs> to. I don't know. I'm, I I'm, think... I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the wall on that one. I no, I mean, I completely I'm on the exact same page yeah. as you. the exact same page because people will men will, um, you know, they'll interact with me and texting and, and go on dates. And I get a lot of times like even I went on a date maybe two weeks ago and he told me that I can see why a lot of men are intimidated by you because like he said, you know, he said, well, he said like, because I'm pretty. And then he said, because I'm smart. And then he said, because I challenge. Right. So my initial interactions are usually that like I tease a little bit. I challenge a little bit. Right. And, and I find enjoyment out of that. Like that's part of my personality. That's you though. That's your, that's you. That's what I mean. Right. And because of that, immediately men will assume that that is all there is to me right that is just she's smart she's harsh she's aggressive she's right she can't be soft but i think and this i think goes both ways men and women um we have to start looking at people 
and assuming that they have all of these different facets to them and that maybe they don't even know what they are capable of feeling or acting like or you know like I feel like we look at men and we especially for me like I'll assume okay well this is who he is right now so that's just who he is he's not he he won't open up later on he won't you know if he's not asking me questions he'll never be a person who is you know communicate available for you to ask the questions yeah right yeah. and so i but think you know what it also could be a um a defense mechanism for him that's maybe, what i said maybe in his past dating experiences or relationships he wasn't allowed to ask those questions that's number one or maybe in his past experiences that wasn't a he didn't get a positive result from taking using that method right somebody told him he needs to stop asking so many questions the, there you go. But I also think that's an excuse. <laughs> and I think it's an excuse to keep him a little bit detached because he's somebody who doesn't listen to what other people. Why detached and why not safe? I think maybe keeping him safe might be a good word. Maybe for him, it could be safe, not necessarily detached yep. because you remember uh, we're women and you know, we fall for whatever. Right. So it could be two, three months down the line. All of a sudden like, Hey, you want to move in? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so maybe for him he's just playing it safe yeah and, and I do believe in these safe zones and I might I myself have to learn them that's I'm so interesting my heart on my sleeve and and I don't pay attention to the safe zones often enough but that's so, wait wait you don't pay attention to your safe zone yes. or your safe zone yes meaning I need to be in the safe zone sometimes and maybe not be so transparent maybe not be mm -hmm. so vulnerable um, yeah you know, uh, uh, when when you think that someone might be on the same wavelength of you as you, or maybe when you think that, oh, well, this could be something. Let me open up a little bit more. You know what I mean? Maybe I should play it just as safe. But then is that a negative? You know, does that work out to be a negative, you know, in the long run or not? Well, so let's use this example with this guy, right? If he's, I think you're 100% right. I think he's keeping himself in the safe zone by mm -hmm. not not uh, expressing more curiosity and not learning more about me, right? But mm -hmm. so is that helping or hurting him in this interaction? It's hurting him. It's it's hurting him to you. Well, it's hurting our potential. Right, okay, you're, yeah. you're correct. It's hurting your potential because it's something that you need from him. But right. in the, at the end of the day, you have to express that that's the need. Right. I need you to ask me more questions. If you're not interested, I don't wanna waste any more time. You know, if you're not interested in learning about me, I don't want to waste any more time. So guess what? It might be, you might've seen something in me already that you're like, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. we don't need to wait another day. You could just say to me, listen, you know, Hey, Trace, you know, this is, I, I just don't see what well, this might be long-term. Maybe we could be friends. Hey, okay. We're in the era now that I'm good with a friend. Right. You know, they come and go. So my thing is, but tell me, tell him, you know, this is what I need from you, especially if you're using your vision board. And you know what you need? Your vision board is there for you to ask for the things that you want, not just to manifest them. So while you're there, if you're really practicing that, you have to say, okay, well, you know what? Within this, uh, you may not have written it down, but if you know that those are your three deal breakers, it doesn't make any sense that you wait till six months down the line to ask for them. You need to be asking for them in the beginning. That was really good. <laughs> that was really I'm good. Sorry. You're going to be like, what are they talking about? 
<laughs> no, I mean, I don't care if nobody else liked this. I, that was great. You're coaching me right now. That was so good about what you said about the vision board. Because again, if I'm talking about the vision board or my list of things, it's the same. It's the same thing. Correct. So if I'm writing something down, but then I don't actually take action on that thing, right. it's not going to happen. Exactly. Right. So, exactly. yeah, I mean, and, and also how you said that, like, this is what I need. Yes. Can you, or are you willing to deliver right. what I need to proceed? That's dominant. Exactly. That is dominant. That is, is. I'm putting my needs out here. Yeah. Absolutely. It's also vulnerable. It's also, bro, I was going to say that it's also, you're, you're being soft in the same, you know, using the same action. Mm-hmm. You know, you're saying, Hey, I'm interested, but yet, Hey, this is what I need. And I'm putting myself on the line to be rejected in this moment. That's it. Yeah. But guess what? At least, you know, you stand early in the game than later. Mm-hmm. That's how we get hurt. Them too. But I mean, that's how we get hurt because we get hurt more often than that. <laughs> yeah. I think we acknowledge our hurt. Yeah. We acknowledge our hurt and though. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. In that case. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, I love that phrase, the safe zones yeah. for dating. Yeah. It's like you are, you're, there was another guy that I was seeing too. And, and he did the exact same thing. He would, he would not ask me anything about myself. And he blatantly said that I'm trying to keep myself away. Like emotionally, I'm trying to keep myself detached. He was saying he was trying to keep himself within the safe zone so that he wouldn't get hurt. Correct. Or that he won't fall for someone who may not fall for him long in the long run, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, on my vision board, I have a little box that has the safe zones. What what am I willing to accept versus what am I not willing to accept? What and you have to have your deal breakers. What is your absolute deal breaker? You know, is everything else adaptable? Can you accommodate it? You know what I mean for for whatever else. Uh, you know, you have your workables and then you have your not your 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 you just are non agreeables. You know, you just can't things. Wait. So okay. Wait. You have your non negotiables. Correct. Non-negotiable. So you have your non-negotiables. Okay. And your workables. Deal breakers. Yes. What are your workables? Meaning I can work if he has this, 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 and that, because we can work through that. There are certain things you really can work through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There are, right? There's some things that I'm like, absolutely not. That's good. That's good. I like that. Yeah. But you know what? This reminds me a lot of business too. Safe zone, comfort zone, same kind of thing, right? People don't take risk around their ideas because it's outside of their safe zone. They don't want to get hurt. Absolutely, which which causes fear, which is why a lot of people haven't started their business or have Mm -hmm. fear to say, you know, to move it to the next level. I mean, when I moved my business into the to to the retail location, I just moved on faith. I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna give it a try. Yeah. I mean, I say worst case scenario, you know, I can say I tried it. I love the worst case scenarios. Yeah, I can. Once, I it. Like, yeah, once you start thinking about the worst case, then you're like, okay, well, pff, now I can exactly. do it. Exactly. Yeah. And and then then you also say, what did I learn from it? If it didn't work, what did I learn from it? What did I need to do better? You know, and you apply that same thing to your life, like even in your relationships. What do I need to do? It works for business. What do I need to do to be better, become better, you know, or have gotten a better result mm. in the end? Mm. It's like self analyzation. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Just apply it to your business. You can apply it to a business as well. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I do apply that. Now that I think about it, I apply it every day. I walk in and I'm always like, you know, 
all right, what do I need to do now to take myself to the next level? You know, what do I need to do now to get better transparency or visibility? You know, or what am I not doing? You know, maybe it's something that I, I can do better. And then understanding that people are seasonal as well, just like my products. You know, uh, there's a time, just like they say your months, people don't shop in the beginning of the month, you know, and the third week of the month, because, you know, those are patterns. So the patterns are just the same as a, with a high retailer as it is with a low retailer or a small business, right? Your high retailer has their seasons as well, where people, they're slow, but don't get me wrong, they're higher volume. So you're not really seeing those slow days. I have people who are in management at, at large corporations and they're telling me all the time, like, man, our numbers are so low, you know? But we as little business people, when we're hit with that low day or that no, low number, we think it's the end, right? you know? When in fact, it's not the end, just figure out what you have to do to turn that around, right. you know, because the bigger corporations are going through it, or there wouldn't be all of these, these malls going out of business, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or these big, large corporations filing bankruptcy. Yeah. So many companies file chapter 13 bankruptcy, like so many of the ones that most people shop at. Exactly. And yeah. you would never think you're like, wait, what aren't they making money because you're spending it? You think they're making money? That's why. Yeah. But in actuality, they're not getting enough business awesome right you know so you just remove yourself from that that box right. you know what I mean put yourself in a broader um arena you know put yourself with the big boys and say you know I might look small but I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with the big boys let me see what I can do yeah and a lot of times it's the exact same problems right like maybe exactly. payroll is too high exactly. and, and the revenue coming in isn't enough maybe we're not spending enough on marketing maybe we are spending too much right it's like a lot of the same problems it's just slightly bigger numbers and numbers more than slightly bigger numbers <laughs> it absolutely absolutely is and everything's a numbers game so yes yep yeah and what i'm just thinking too and and i don't really know i think this is based on every different company every different company and every different individual who is running their own small business when i think of these big corporations i think of okay yes maybe they're doing very poorly but because of the size that they already are at, they have access to resources, or at least they have knowledge about how to attain resources correct. that a lot of people who are small business owners don't have. That is correct. But I will tell you, as a small business owner, you have to seek it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if you, if, I mean, and that's, and that's coming from, from me, like I, I attend a lot of small business summits. I attend small business uh, grant development. I, I attend, you know, what do I need to do? How can I do it, you know, in order yeah. to elevate your company? It's not just getting the customer and getting the sale. It's understanding what everybody else is doing and how they're getting this funding, right? And if you're not doing the work to understand it and take your business to the next level, it's not going to come to you. Right. You know, you'll, you'll hear, you'll, you can go to all of the, the, meetings, pop-ups and group sessions you want to for forums and everything you want to do. But if you don't take that information and apply it to something that you want to, you know, to your own business or some how you want to grow, then mm -hmm. you'll stay stagnant. You'll still be in the same position, figuring out every day, like, so how am I going to, I should write this grant. I should apply. Mind you, grants are the hardest to get because, you know, they're really only giving, you have 20 people applying. They're really only giving to three. You know how that goes. Right. Right. You're not, um, so it's a pool, but one may you it, it could be that one spark that gets you where you need to go and you you can't say okay well i didn't get that one so i'm not going to go for another you got to just keep going for every single one you, you have, have to, to be bullheaded 
yeah, until it's your, your turn will come. Right. It just made me think of that dinosaur, <laughs> made me think of a dinosaur that has like this huge thing on their head, not like a horn, but it's like almost like a helmet. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a picture of it in the show notes because that's what I'm visualizing. Cause you literally have to just break through walls, right? You got to put on your like dinosaur your, helmet. Your armor, still yeah. And you just got to break through yeah. every single wall that yeah. gets put in front of you until yeah. you get to where you want to be. Have, you have to speak up. You can't be in fear of asking questions. No. And, and actually I think what I was the reason why my brain was bringing up the the bigger businesses and the resources is that people think once they get to that level, mm-hmm. the problems will disappear. Exactly. But that doesn't happen. Like you always have roadblocks. You always have those walls that are coming down in front of you. And so it's Absolutely. like more importantly than trying to be able to reach a place where it's just flat all the time and there's no issues you have to develop the muscle to problem solve which it sounds like and this is now leading me into another question for you which I want to be my last because I want to get into my audacious advice questions at the end but um it leads me into it sounds like you have you're basically an expert at problem solving at uh and also seeking out resources that allow you to build that muscle further, right? Because you're like, I go to summits, I go to these things, I talk to people, I ask questions, right? A lot of people don't do that. Oh, you know, I don't have the money to go to that conference. Oh, I don't know, you know, I don't have anybody I can ask about that. How did you build that muscle? Did it come from your family, you think? Or just you? I think the muscle came from the drive. You know, when you really are passionate about something and you really want it, you're going to make it work regardless. Mm-hmm. You can't go into a business and be like lazy about it. I'm just going to use the word lazy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because the same energy that you put into it is the same energy you're going to get back. So if you go into it and you are full, you're energized and you are full about your business, it's going to work in that manner. I mean, I stuck myself out there to say, you know what? I do want, whether it's Litwicks, whether it's, it develops into another company or I start up another startup business. I want them to thrive, whether they, you know, start off small and get big or they sustain where they are. I still want them to thrive. Right. So a lot of people, I hear this all the time, like, oh, I can't go because, you know, it costs money. There's so many free formats out there, you know, get with your city, get with your county, um, join the, the, join your, you know, the, uh, you can go online right now, let's say like me, the city of Miramar, and you can join their free business listing. You can join their free business summits for small businesses. You can learn all of these things without having to pay. Right. So there are areas or within your community that you can, it just takes you signing up. Right. But I just find that, you know, we're always too busy, which is why I tell you that I make time to carve out the mm. things that I know that I want to be a part of. I mean, along with working full-time and also um, running Litwicks, I also sit on the Sister Cities Commission for, for Miramar, right? So within that, I'm a secretary for that that commission. So within that commission, you know, um, the sister cities is used to combine alternative, alternative solutions to in, an international based ca- uh, countries, you know, and bring them in here in order to get visibility and help them develop on uh, or gain synergies. Let me just say that gain synergies on areas that they would need funding or areas that they would need visibility or just partnerships. Right. You know what I mean? So sister cities, um, so there are, a, there is a sister cities organization. Anyone can get involved in this. I mean, I just got There's involved. There's one in for it. Miami too? Yeah, there is. Okay. Look up sister cities. Yeah. 
sister cities um international you can just put in of miami and it will come up and anyone else who's interested in it you can pull it up for your city as well and join that group and just become it does not take a lot of your time you meet you meet once a month mm -hmm. you know I me mean? your deliverables or your homework as i say you know is given to you to either do research or study you know on those partnerships that you're building whether it be you go to africa whether you go to another country, whatever, Mexico, Guatemala, wherever you're going to learn more about, you know, their positions, what they're doing for sustainability, what they're doing as far as economics, you know, and ground yourself, de develop those relationships, you know, with people. And, and again, these things, like I said, are, are free. You're, you know, everything doesn't cost some of the, the, the summits and uh, that are being held in your County or in your community are free as well find the minimal ones. It just takes that one person that you talk to yeah. within those um, sectors to make a difference or to help guide you. Mm. Find a mentor in something that you're developing as well that can help. I you. was going to say you should be a mentor, but then I was like, she doesn't need anything else on her plate. <laughs> I actually haven't. Yeah, no. And she's very encouraging. She just lets me know, you know, almost stop, go, you know, don't stop, you know, stay grounded, you know, just to continue. You to need somebody. You need somebody that tells you not to stop. Correct. Just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. What does audacity mean to you? Audacity means to me. Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> so audacity. Hmm. You know, it had such a negative connotation. To it. Like, boom, you, what the audacity? Like, you know, how could you, you know? But I don't look at it like that. I look at it like um, audacity to me is actually having the strength to speak up. Does that sound weird? No, that's what the definition is. <gasps> the definition is courage, brave. Oh, girl, yes. Risk. That is know, what the definition. Wow. Because, you know, people always say like, oh, you had the audacity to do this and do that. And I'm always like, why are you looking at it like a negative all the time where, oh. you know, what I mean? if you say what you want or say what's on your mind, you know, that, that could be a good thing. Even when people do like, you know, <laughs> like some crazy shit, I'm like, you know what? I respect that. Yes. I like that because they had the audacity to stand up and yes. do that crazy yes. dance or wear that crazy outfit or yes. say whatever they said, you know, Absolutely. like, even if I don't agree, I respect yes. it. You respect it. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So having the strength to speak up. Yes. Cool. Absolutely. If there's one thing you wish you knew growing up, what would it be? Um that life isn't as hard as everyone makes it. That we um, can make life more difficult for us um, than, you know, than the eye, than what's, you know what I mean? Than what's sold through the eyes. That's definitely, you know, you go through your teenage years and you're like, I can't wait to grow up. You know what I mean? And then people always say to you, yes, you can, you know, when you grow up, you're going to see, or, you know what I mean? Oh, yes, oh yeah. don't, don't rush to be an adult, you know, and all these things, like it's going to be the worst thing ever. But now as everybody's learning to align themselves, you know, with their purpose or align themselves with, um, you know, whatever they're manifesting, you know, or, or just their intention, you know, whatever intentional um, efforts they have for themselves, I'm finding that um, life isn't as difficult because it's going to be whatever you make it, you know, and whether that be through your journaling, whether that be through your mentor, whether that be through finding a great um, outlet, you know, a great group of people around you, how you center yourself, whatever you need to, to, to build your path or set your, you know, your stage, I call it stage yourself. So whatever you need to do to stage yourself, 
is, is required. You have a good, a lot of good phrases. <laughs> I like stage yourself. Gonna steal my phrase. Okay. I'm going to steal them. I all on my board. I just want you to let you know on my manifestation board. I'm like, yes, you don't go out <laughs> and you stage yourself. You know, you're going to do this today. You know, <laughs> you look on the wall and I'm like, yes, I'm reading everything. I love it. I love it. Actually, that reminds me of, so I'm clearly I'm visual. And so every time you say something, I get like an image in my head. And mm -hmm. so that's reminding me of, I, you know, who I went to hypnosis once and the hypnotist had me do a visualization. I'm pretty sure it was him, a visualization where I was standing on a stage mm -hmm. as the person that I so desperately want to be. Right. Mm -hmm. Or actually, he had me start off with somebody I admire standing on the stage. And then slowly, she became me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And okay. yeah. And so like all the characteristics of the reasons why I I admired her were now my characteristics. Mm. You know? And, and then I was able to see myself in that light. You know? I was able to see myself as somebody confident with great posture who's Uh, courageous enough to stand up on a stage in front of all these people and you know all these things and how have you applied that since then that, other than the courageousness of how how you're coaching you know? me right now you're coaching I'm me just asking, I'm <laughs> that's why I'm like wait a minute hypnosis hmm, that's different then well like, so I haven't thought about that in a little while right and so what you're saying reminded me of that image which is reminding me of that whole Mm -hmm. process and the value of doing that visualization. So, um, I mean, I can say that part of the way that I have created that or used that to create is that I was hosting events for Audacious mm -hmm. Founder, you know, um, starting with the just standing up in front of those groups of people and speaking into the microphone in front of them. So that's, that's how I've started. It's definitely not grown to where I saw it in the vision yet, but even just talking about it now, it's bringing it back and it's yeah. going to hopefully inspire me to keep going. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, the mark is not missed. So, you know, as long as we have life, we can keep going. So yeah. Yep. The passion. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, this is, Hmm. I feel like this is a bit redundant based on what we've been talking about, but I'm going to ask it anyway, and you can see if anything comes up. What's one thing that has helped you build confidence? Mm. Um, speaking up in front of people, the same things that we spoke about, just not being afraid to take risk. Um, acting like out on Practicing, right? Yeah, practicing. Absolutely. Um, just acting out on faith. Um, knowing that there is... Although there's a first time for everything, there's not a last time for it, which means uh -huh. I will be the first one to fail. You know what I mean? And if I make a mistake, I'm not the first one who made the mistake. Someone did it before me. So guess what? It's okay. So I constantly tell myself that all the time. Like, it's okay. You know, it's okay yeah. if today, whatever, you didn't get any sales or it's okay if you only got one sale or it's okay that, you know, today you were a little off, you were imbalanced, you know what I mean? And maybe you feel, cause you, you know, you're harder on yourself. Maybe you feel someone saw that imbalancing from whatever you were upset about or heard about or whatever. Um, cause you always want to show up, right? You want to show up and give hundred percent, but let's be honest. Nobody is showing up at hundred percent every day. Right. Life happens. Right. Okay. 
So if somebody tell me, oh, I show up and I, no, you don't, because then you have probably have to take that day off. You know what I mean? And you have to take the day off next, the, the next day. Okay. You're gonna be like, exactly. I gotta sleep all day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Cause you're exhausted. You know yeah. what I mean? From saying you're showing up. So my thing is just know that. Yeah. Just, you know, just know that there's always a first, even though people say there's always a first for everything. There's never always a last for anything, you know? I'm, I'm going to add that to my list. Okay. Of the things <laughs> that I love that you say. <laughs> Wait, wait, okay. There's, wait, wait, wait. Say it one more time. So you have to remember that even though there's always a first time for everything, there's never a last time for everything because everyone makes mistakes, okay? You won't be the first one to make them, okay? You won't be the first one to fail. Someone has already failed before you. you And more glamorously than you probably will. Yeah. (laughs) exactly so you just remember to push forward yeah I like that I like that um how do we get more women to succeed in business I think we get more women to succeed by supporting them um unfortunately as women we don't support each other enough um and and I'm not speaking just from I'm speaking overall in a bucket not just a minority level you know I'm just speaking to say women in business view it more like a competition rather than a connection. And if we made more connections, we would get further. Yeah. I, I feel like women visually and passionately have such more insight to small businesses and um, being business moguls. Yeah, I know that it's in the past, it's always been men. You know, we put the men on the stature and we're like, oh, you know, the men lead, they run the corporations, they run this and that. But when given the opportunity, the same things they do, we can do, Yeah. you know, but we would have to do it with support of another woman. Unfortunately, you know, you're a woman, but you really can't do it yourself. You will need that. You know what I'm saying? You will need that. And if we did support each other, we could go, oh my God, we just don't get enough. We just don't get enough support. So the guy that I was just talking about earlier, he, one of the reasons why I liked him right off the bat is he was telling me about the, and I might say it wrong, the female multiplier effect, the Mm -hmm. women multiplier effect, where if you give, I don't know, a thousand dollars to a woman for her startup or her business, she will multiply that by like a hundred or something. I mean, I'm probably not saying it correctly, but, but it's, it's just, you know, a comment on what you're saying. It's like, if women were just given more opportunity if we helped each other like like what i noticed too is men offer opportunity to each other they bring each other in they say hey hey bro like i got this you know you want to join in come on i need a partner women don't do that they they say you know this is over here this is mine and i hope she doesn't do it like me and you know what i mean or she's copying me or you know but yeah and so is for you your niche may not be my niche Mm-hmm. Your customer may not be my customer. I would hope that it will cross paths one day. You right. know what I mean? But it doesn't mean that you're taking anything away from me. Right. If you are really showing your true authenticity yeah. through whatever you're doing, somebody's going to see that and they're going to support you regardless. I, I do feel like people can see through that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People can see you walk. It's like you walk into a, a business and sometimes I'm like, there's something about this vibe. I, I can't say. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-mm. like this ain't it. Maybe I'll try it one more time and see if I feel that same feeling, that same emotion that came. If I get that same emotion, I'm not going back. 
Right. But it, it is, you know, follow your gut. Right. And then also if, if the female multiplier effect is a thing that actually happens, right? If like the majority of women who are able to multiply whatever it is, whether it's, you know, um, the amount of customers they have, the amount of money that they were given, the amount right. of money that they're bringing in, whatever. But then imagine if more women are coming together. And so then that multiplier effect is then multiplied and compounded even more. Yeah. So that's that's speaking about women individually. And so if they were working together Correct. as a team, as can you know, as seeking connection and like building together as opposed to competing with each other, it would be so much more magnified. It's like, how do we do that without um let's say without or removing, I won't say without, how do we do that without remove with removing, you know what I mean? The the role of the competition, meaning how do we network or how do we come together or combine resources without cattiness? That would be the right word, right? Because eventually it turns into, oh, like I said, oh, well, I brought her in, you know, and now there's a, like, God forbid you do a spinoff, you know what I'm saying? Or you decide to go out on your own and do something similar you know what i mean to what you were what what you attended right then it would become a whole debacle of, of, of a mess right so my whole thing is I, I struggle with understanding how can we do that how can we network how can we bring a team of like-minded women together you know what i mean without with them removing the emotion from it so okay i agree with some things you're saying and then i'm gonna um, criticize the last thing that you said about removing emotion, right? So I think what it is, is removing ego. Okay. I think it's removing yeah. ego and I think it's removing the need for external validation. So ultimately I think it comes down to what you've been saying, connection, yeah. right? Which you need emotion for connection yeah. Yeah, and you right. need, and passion is emotion, right? So you need, you need emotion. I think, I think no, where no. emotion gets spoiled is when ego is there. And, and so when you're, you're angry or you're sad or you're offended because your ego has been bruised or you think that it's about to be bruised. Right. Um, but that comes from insecurity. So I think, I think women are insecure. Yeah. Women are insecure in different ways and, and for different people in different ways. Right. But ultimately, I think when women come together, we are insecure about the way we look. We're insecure about what we're able to bring to the table. We're insecure about our intelligence. And so what happens is when we see somebody who we think is better than us in any way or they're getting a leg up on us in any way, we assume the worst about them. Like we assume that they are malicious or that they don't like us or that they're doing something in order to to spite us. Mm -hmm. And instead of that, that's where the connection comes in. We need to think about it in another way where it's like, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Just because they're awesome doesn't mean I am not equally awesome. Just because they are super smart in this way doesn't mean my contribution of this is, Mm -hmm. is any less valuable. And And just, you know, just because they're being successful doesn't mean there's any less space for me to be successful. Um, And and then also let me bring it back to connection. Like, let me come from a place of like, I want you to succeed. I am happy for you to succeed. And just as I want you to be happy when you see me succeeding. 
Correct. But that can't exist if the ego is there and the insecurity is there. So bottom line, I think my conclusion of that monologue is confidence. We have to work on ourself and our confidence. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. But that, but within working on that confidence, I feel like that's why we have audacious founder. That's why we have the women chamber. You know what I mean? That's why we have these groups that you can become a part of and, and, and get that motivation, you know what I mean? And, and build that confidence. Um, I do feel like people have a tendency to emulate, which removes the intention from it. So let's say like, when I say emulate, meaning if I, if I walk in the room and I'm intimidated by you because you're a big mobile mogul, right? Yeah. But yet I know that's where I want to be. Let's just say, I know that's when I want to be then moving forward. What I didn't take away from that moment that I received, you know, the, that knowledge, I didn't take away that from that with positivity. I took away from it to say, Oh, I can do that. This is what I'm finding out. Like, Oh, I can do that. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it almost emulating that person, like her way. Yeah. And that's what I mean by that. Which and is inauthentic. Exactly. Exactly. And it's invalidating all of the special qualities and characteristics that you have to bring to the table. Absolutely. But that's because women have been taught, right, that all the uniqueness about you, that's invaluable. We want you to fit this cookie cutter uh, mold. And if Mm -hmm. you don't, then it's uncomfortable. Hmm. So then in order to be successful, I have to fit that cookie cutter mold. Okay. Mm, okay. No. I don't know. I gotta disagree. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I gotta digest that. I'm like, huh? The cookie cutter mode, huh? I don't know. I feel like that has changed. That's why I'm listening. I think it is changing. Yes, I think it's changing, but I think the remnants of it are still in our subconscious. Okay. I think the generation after us is, mm-hmm. you know, they are more so embracing the uniqueness, I can say that word, the uniqueness is about them. They're embracing it, individuality, right? People are striving to be as different as they can possibly be now. But I think like our generation, generations before us really struggle with being different, being unique Mm -hmm. and like owning that. I agree. I I do agree with that. The new generation definitely is, um, is, wanting or or doing better at being accepted for who mm-hmm. they are you know what i mean pushing that and pushing that um you know that i definitely feel like that yeah, yeah. i agree with that that i agree <laughs> and and this is another thing right like we can disagree and yeah. it's totally i want to okay. it's okay yeah it's okay. that's why i love having conversations with like very opinionated men even if their views are the complete opposite end oh my gosh, yes. for me, because we can disagree and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You should be able to be, you should be able to see someone else's viewpoint and be like, okay, you know what I mean? That's what I do. I try to step back before responding. I try to think about it a little. I'm like, all right, yeah, it makes a little bit of sense, you know? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last question. And then I'll get your contact info so people can reach out to you. Um, what is your biggest, most audacious goal going forward? Oh, my biggest, most audacious goal going forward is <laughs> personally or for my business. Whatever, whatever's more audacious. Okay. So my, um, just for people to, um, 
to see my com my compassion um, for my business um, and for myself um, to understand that um, life is rewarding, you know, and and the effects of that is just again never giving up mm -hmm. and moving forward and doing everything with a passion. So my audacious. Man, that's a good question, guys. <laughs> I have so many. Like you said it, and on my mind, I'm just like, ooh, ooh, what should I say? My mind is all over the place. Um, oh, moving forward, what do I want to do? Grow. Just grow as an individual, you know, grow in my company. Just um not be fearless. Yeah. You know, I just want to be fearless. Yeah. I awesome. Yeah. Fearlessness. Yes. Fearlessness, baby. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Please, before we get off of here, will you share your Instagram and any other links that you would like people to find you on? Absolutely. Maybe? So we can be found on Litwix Candle, first of all, is the name of the company. And then we can be found on Instagram under Litwix Candle. That's L-I-T-W-I-C-K-S Candle. It's one word. Um, we also can be found, um, you can go to our website, which is www.litwickscandle. Everything is very easy to find. Um, we're also on Facebook. Um, we're on every format, probably Yelp, Google. Um, so if you're looking for anything, reach out, just look up Litwick's Candle. It'll come right to you. But first and foremost, we want you to come and visit the store. So the store is located at 1910 South State Road 7. That is in Myanmar. Um, the crossroads are Pembroke Road and 441. Um, so we're right there. You can come and test our candles out. You can come and pick up samples. You can come and meet me um, and just come on by and see the store. We're excited. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tracy. This has been a great conversation. I'm so excited to get to know you more. Thank you. Yes, we got to hang out. Yes, please. No, we gotta hang out. I know. And actually you're yeah, making me where think are they going with this. They talk about so many different things. You're making out. me think I want to do like a dating for powerful entrepreneurs. Yes. Or something we like should, that. We should do like almost like a speed dating thing or mm -hmm. maybe put together like all the single friends you know, all the single friends I know. We all meet up at a restaurant and then they invite their single guy friends, you know, that yeah. they're dating, you know, like that. And then you pull it together and you kind of like make everybody meet. Mm -hmm. my friend is kind of doing that she's having a game night where everybody is supposed to bring a single friend oh really yeah yeah you should definitely put together something like that I know a lot of people who will go lots okay <laughs> will go. um well we could co-host it we we let's let's, let's work together let's, let's connect. work together I'm ready let's do it <laughs> okay I have taken up so much of your time I hope you have uh, an amazing day thank you for thank all of that you. time thank you very much for having me I appreciate it Anytime. Thanks for the conversation. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'll see you soon. All right. Bye. Oh my God. I love talking to Tracy so much. I feel like she just gets me. It's so nice for me to have conversations with people who are also strong women and I say that and I feel kind of cliche to say that because I maybe all of us think that about ourselves but there's a difference I think when it comes to female entrepreneurs and people who haven't started their own business yet it's like you have to step into this role where you have to be a lot more adamant about your vision about you know your boundaries 
Um, and so I think it takes your strength to another level or just to, you know, a place where you might not have to go in day-to-day life when you're working for another organization, right? You really have to step into that driver's seat and sometimes that driver's seat uh, overlaps onto other areas of your life, like dating. It's just really nice to talk to somebody who resonates with the things that I'm experiencing. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you are a business owner and you have a story that you want to share, please get at me and let me know. I'd love to interview you for this podcast. Or if you know somebody in your life who is a powerful female who's had maybe a crazy experience and overcome a lot of obstacles or they are you know, a strong business owner as well, let me know. The point of this whole thing is just to keep female entrepreneurs inspired to keep going, you know, to keep uh, jumping over those hurdles and, and bypassing these obstacles. If you can contribute to that, please do. Absolutely. If you haven't done so already, add me on on Instagram, Audacious Founder. If you haven't done so already, check out the other episodes on Audacious Founder podcast. We've got a lot of really great human beings coming on here and sharing their stories. Share this, like it, leave us a five-star review. I would be so, so, so appreciative. And again, stay audacious. Stay audacious.